Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. Here we are again with our uh, second part in our series with Michael Knight, president of TTI Semiconductor Division. Michael, thank you for being here with us again um, and taking your time uh, to talk to us about your career. And uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, boy, I appreciate it. Like uh, probably most people on earth, one of my favorite things to talk about is myself. <laughs> uh, thanks for the opportunity to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being here. And so last time we talked, we talked about some of your background, your hobbies and um, your start in life and all that. And thank you for being honest and sharing your life with us. And now we want to start talking a little bit about your professional career. And um, my first question to you, just getting right into stuff today is, um, how did you get your start in our industry? You know, to where you are now, it's a pretty... Um, impressive career journey you've had and it's a big position that you have and what you're doing in our industry and for TTI and I have to say too behind all that what TTI is just doing as a company in the industry is really impressive um, if I look at a lot of companies TTI is pretty um, one of those unifying companies in the industry because it's very supportive of several industry organizations. So you're one of those people behind that whole concept. But just to get started, how did you land here, Michael? Like, how did you end up in this industry? Yeah, I would love to say it was a well thought out plan, but that would be a total lie. Um, like probably a lot of us, it was a, a bit of serendipity. Um, I actually, I, I am a biologist, oddly enough, by training, but I had uh, always uh, been fascinated with computers and I uh, minored in computer programming and did some, kind of had a little side hustle doing some computer programming through school. Um, and it, when I got out of school and I went to school in Pennsylvania, First thing I did was get the heck out of Pennsylvania. Job prospects weren't great. I wanted to see more of the world. And uh, so I actually jumped on a 1970 Honda uh, 450. It was a, an old dirt bike that I converted from road, a two-cylinder, and uh, strapped what I could onto the back of it and headed to California. Um, wow. And through uh, some circumstances actually landed in Silicon Valley. Again, not part of a plan, um, but uh, got a job in Silicon Valley, cooking in a restaurant. And through that, actually found a way into an early semiconductor specialty distributor. Now we're talking uh, mid eighties, a uh, company by the name of Western Microtechnology, which was a, a pioneer started by couple of really big personalities uh, out of Fairchild, a guy named uh, Marshall Cox, another guy named Bertie Marin, who um, are, are pretty legendary for some of the things that they were involved in in the early days of Silicon Valley. But so, um, and that was, that was the beginning of it. My start actually was in computer programming. Um, and then eventually 
I left Western Micro, went to work for a software company that serviced the component distribution industry, and then uh, jumped out of that into my first sales gig working for a local um, IP&E distributor by the name of Power Supply Components, which is actually still around today, although they rebranded as a PSC Electronics. Um, learned a ton of stuff from those guys. I had that nobody had any business hiring me into a sales job, especially a field sales job. But um, the two owners uh, mentored me um, and uh, took me took me through that, and uh, it ended up actually leading me to work for a manufacturer's rep in Silicon Valley. And now we're in the late '80s. Um, I still did some programming on the side, and a guy I did programming for bought a. A small connector company and asked me to join that to help build out a sales channel. The name of that company was McKenzie Technology. The name of that guy is actually somebody who factors uh, uh, in a big way through my professional life, a guy named Jeff Davis. Um, and, and Jeff and I were partners in crime on a lot of things through the years, starting with McKenzie Technology. So at that point, I flipped out of distribution and I'm working for a connector manufacturer. Um, got my first exposure to international business, building a, an international sales team. That company eventually got acquired by Berg Electronics, which was one of the biggest connector companies in the world at the time. And um, we got integrated into Berg as a, as a division. Berg went public. So I got some public company experience, which was uh, it was like getting a, uh, an MBA, um, working for a, a public company. And it was that point in time where I actually met TTI, the, the company I was working for. I was building out a distribution network. TTI had been on my radar for a long time. I'd been trying to talk to these guys into taking me on. But every time I'd get close, uh, a bigger, uh, more attractive uh, company would come along that wanted TTI as well. So I get, I get kind of knocked back, but through perseverance, um, got on the TTI line card. And that's when I met Paul Andrews, the founder of TTI and Mike Morton. Um, and God, that must've been uh, early, early nineties, I guess. And so it was awesome. I got to watch TTI grow up um, and stayed close to those guys. And uh, eventually, Berg Electronics got sold. And some of the things I was doing in Berg Electronics, at that point I was running a, a division of Berg Electronics focused on level two interconnect and making some investments in level one interconnect, which is the die, you know, the silicon level. So it's the die to package. Um, so the very first level of interconnect in, a, in an electronic system. And uh, when Berg got sold to a French company decided it was time to leave and go do something else. And I went to work for one of the companies that we had invested in, and it was down here in Texas. Uh, so that got me from California into Texas, where uh, I was able to uh, spend a lot more time with the guys at TTI, even though they weren't in my business. Um, this has turned into a rather long story, but I'm almost at the end. That company was called Substrate Technologies. And uh, we invented a thermally and electrically enhanced substrate that I still don't, I don't think there's anybody can beat it in the industry, but we happened to do this in the late 1990s. 
and we're out working on our, uh, let's see, at the time it was probably our C round of financing when the whole world went to hell. The, uh, this was the dot-com blow up, the inventory overhang. Um, every, this was 1999 going into 2000. We were actually on the verge of going public when the wheels came off. Um, and so we hunkered down. Uh, eventually in the fourth rounds ran into uh, uh, strategic money that wanted to acquire us. And I don't know when this was, 90, uh, 2002, 2003, we uh, sold the company and uh, moved back to California, did some work for a VC, stayed in touch with my, at that time, my Texas roots that I developed. And uh, one of those trips back to Texas where I still had a house, had lunch with Craig Conrad and Mike Morton. It led to a conversation that led to my wife and I moving back to Texas. And uh, you know, here I am I don't know, 16 years later um, working for Mike. I came into TTI actually to backfill him as he got promoted up into the role of president of North America. I took over Mike's role running the product marketing and management uh, operation for TTI. Um, and I've been working for Mike uh, ever since. Wow. Yeah. Well, Michael, that is an amazing journey and a story. And when we did our first part series with you, um, you were mentioning some of what um, your early journey was in life. And what I'm hearing from you is like this common thread is when you go different places, you establish roots. You know how to go do that. And, and part of that, I think, was based on where you came from and what you did to succeed getting through your life and you carried that into your business world. So wherever you went, you established roots. And, and what I'm sensing from you is you do put your heart and soul into whatever you do. So those connections are strong. Um, and then you mentioned you had lunch. You just happened to have lunch. You um, connected with Mike Morton. And um, that is such a good segue actually into our next conversation about mentorship because you know when you're establishing all these connections and you and I both know in business and, and the thread has been through your career those connections and those relationships and how important that is to get to the next step and and to keep those relationships as you move forward because um, you never know where, where you're going to land and what's going to happen so um, really interesting to see this thread um, in your whole career journey. So having said that, maybe we can just talk just a little bit um, about mentorship and, and, you know, since we're on the subject and how critical that is. And when I look at your career journey and I hear you kind of mentioning certain names along the way, you've had a lot of mentors. I'm sure you're at this stage in your career where you're actually a mentor to others. Um, so can you talk to that a little bit and what are your thoughts on mentorship, who your mentors were, you named a few, and, and kind of where you're taking that from here in your career journey? Yeah, so it, first I should say I've, I've actually never had a formal mentor, but I've had some amazing uh, informal mentors, uh, many of them. So as you point out, I have a tendency to attach myself to people. Um, and it's uh, who I learn a lot from um, and who have been, I mean, I literally have pointed me in a direction, given me advice that's uh, 
helped me make good decisions throughout my career. Um, so mentoring, whether formal or informal, is a, extremely important, and not just in your business life. And I, I find this to be true in all aspects of my life. But my first, first real um, mentor meant a ton to me was actually a woman by the name of Monica Burke, who was the CFO at Western Micro. And I was a computer programmer. Um, and the MIS manager uh, went out on leave. And actually, Monica saw something in me and gave me a shot at uh, managing the department through that, uh, through that period that turned into actually something bigger. And probably is what got me actively looking for, or on this, this thing I described, kind of attaching myself to, to people. So since then, I've worked for some really amazing people, um, folks like Jeff Davies, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Tim Conlon, who was the chief operating officer and then president of Berg Electronics, and then later on via systems, and um, Mike Morton, um, who I've worked for for the last 16 years, but known for Jesus, probably coming up on 30 now. Uh, even for a brief period of time, I worked for Phil Gallagher, and Phil is somebody I've known for a long, long time. He and I both served on the NIDA board of directors, Jesus, uh, probably further back than he wants me to talk about. Um, but so throughout my throughout my history is uh, this idea of, of mentorship, and I, I think it is uh, extremely important for personal development. Um, you know, you learn a lot and grow a lot, both being a mentor and being mentored. So I I think that's super fundamental, and maybe to use a sports analogy, school is school is a training for a sport, um, but it, in and of itself, it won't make you a standout player. You know, you've got to actually get into the game, have access to great coaching. You got to practice your ass off. You got to play a lot. Um, and then you've got to pass along your accumulated experience to newer teammates, which will strengthen the performance of the, the whole team. And so that coaching, that mentoring, um, is a is a really important component but you gotta you gotta pass it along and in the process of mentoring what i've always found is you yourself learn a lot from it so uh, whether you're a mentor or a mentee it's a it's a two-way two-way street so um yeah really really important topic well thank you for saying that and i just want to comment on what you said um, about you attaching yourself i think it's really interesting because you seem to have a knack for attaching yourself to the right people. Um, so it's really important to spot out those people that are actually having the same values, going the places you wanna go and, and, and you know could lift you to go to the areas you wanna go to. So um, hats off to you for uh, doing that with the right people. And so, you know, all of our listeners just knowing that that is a very strategic and actually very helpful move in your career to seek out the right people and as you would say, attach yourself. Um, those people are probably welcoming the opportunity. Um, and really, in our last question in this uh, series, um, not in our series, in the second part of the series, um, as president of TTI, you know, we've, we've had some recent circumstances, right? And, and I don't want this 
question to be about just this epidemic we're experiencing now with the COVID-19, because really to me, it just represents a sudden change happened. Something came up that we weren't expecting influenced our business, uh, we had to drastically make some changes. So whether it's this or something else that's completely unexpected, um, what has TTI done? What have you done as a leader and TTI as a company to adjust to this current circumstance? And, and what's your take on this? And how does this look for you moving forward? Well, so my branch of the TTI family tree is relatively new and small, but it is connected to this trunk of a thing that got was started in 1971. It's, um, as you've uh, graciously pointed out, is it's a pretty amazing uh, organization. Um, it so I, I am participating on this team that is navigating TTI, including my piece of it through uh, COVID-19, um, and and at the risk of sounding you know, overly preachy about TTI. The, the heart of this is actually the heart, soul, and mind of TTI, which is the people. Um, and, and I realize that, you know, most people in business say this, and I absolutely believe it should be the case in all businesses, regardless of the industry. But uh, honestly, nowhere that I've ever worked has this been truer than uh, at TTI. It's what sets us apart in our industry and with our suppliers and customers, you know, our product knowledge is uh, best in class. It's all people-based, right? It's knowledge and relationships. As a distributor, you know, that's our capacity. That's our differentiator um, is the people. The better our people are, the more committed they are, the better our business is. So going into this pandemic, uh, job number one has been protecting our people so that they can support and protect our customers and suppliers. I mean, we're, we're not unique in this, but uh, it is something that we're, uh, it was, it's like falling off a horse. It's a, this approach was a byproduct of this amazing culture that Paul started in 1971. Um, we've got, we got people very quickly, middle of March, working from home, uh, closed a lot of our offices. We safeguarded our warehouses, uh, made sure that the people there were safe because, you know, at the end of the day, that's our front line, right? Receiving order fulfillment, shipping. Um, that's a, uh, you gotta be present to do that. So taking care of those folks, including uh, early on, you know, Don Acri who runs uh, TTI North America, and this is something we actually did ended up doing globally, including in my businesses, decided that we were going to bump the pay of those who were on the front line. Uh, we are going to give them an, an increase for the duration of the uh, pandemic. So, you know, it, kind of in a nutshell, the best practices that you're talking about, they're all derivatives of our culture, um, which was established by our founder and still caretaker, uh, Paul Andrews, who uh, turns up to work every day, even though, um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I don't know when it was. Paul sold the uh, company to Berkshire Hathaway in 2006. So Paul's boss is uh, Warren Buffett, but uh, honestly, um, he may work harder uh, since selling the company to, to Warren than he did beforehand. And he was a he was an amazingly hard worker uh, throughout his life. So um, it's it's culture, the thing that TTI is known for, the thing I think in a roundabout way you've mentioned, um, 
a number of times while you've been talking is uh, it's all culture related. We've got a phenomenal culture. And at the end of the day, um, I'm a believer that culture beats strategy. If you have a great culture and you happen to have a good uh, business strategy, um, you're going to outperform. And that's, uh, that's been a hallmark at TTI. This concludes this section, but our next series, I want to get more into um, some other discussion with you about culture. Just kind of dig in with some more things um, that we've kind of touched on. But thank you for joining us, Michael. Thank you for being My here. My pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.